0: Good evening, Birds Down Under fans, and welcome to the number one seed, Philadelphia Eagles. That's right, everybody. The goal of the regular season was to become the first seed in the National Football Conference so we could have a bye week next week and home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And it wasn't pretty, but the Eagles accomplished just that in beating the New York Giants today. To buy a score of... 22 to 16 it was a ton of field goals by the eagles but ultimately they got it done it was a bit nerve-wracking but um hey you know we got there so let's go through some observations here first off number one quite evident uh, in reading the post-game comments that jalen hurts was definitely in pain uh and coming back today it was really because of the gravity of the situation the eagles had to win that game to wrap up home field advantage uh and and to take that number one seed so jalen was playing but it's quite clear the game plan was to make sure he got hit as little as possible he was not himself he didn't play like himself and I think that probably makes sense. In his post-game comments, he makes com- he makes the comment that he was in pain for a great deal of that game, and uh, Nick Sirianni repeated that. So a gutty performance by Jalen, but I think anybody who saw it would agree that it definitely was not vintage Jalen Hurts. But hey, again, he uh, he got the win. A massive shout out to A.J. Brown, our wide receiver who came over in a trade from the Tennessee Titans uh, in the offseason. We've heard his name repeatedly mentioned and he broke a single season record for Philadelphia Eagles receivers uh, and ever in yardage for a single season, uh, just under 1,500 yards. And that record had stood by a fellow by the name of Mike Quick, who'd had that record since 1983, to put this in context. so. Um, You know, a massive feat by him, admittedly with one extra game over Mike, but nevertheless, uh, the record holder now for most yards in a season is AJ Brown, which would uh, certainly give some ammunition to argue that that was a great trade for the Eagles and uh, it worked out in their favor. Some other comments uh, in relation to records that the Eagles could have broken in that game. Unfortunately, we did not beat the NFL sack record. It was kind of a weird game in relation to pass rush. Nobody uh, who should get sacks got sacks. So no Hassan Reddick sacks, no Javon Hargrave sacks, no Fletcher Cox sacks, no Brandon Graham sacks, etc. Et we had a couple of weird, you know, special teamy sacks. Um that count in the stat book but ultimately we did not uh, beat the nfl sack record but still i think we ended up with 70 sacks in a season which is pretty staggering one way or another so yeah um you know those are some of the things that uh you know certainly are on the positive side of the game again you know it has to be said we beat the giants backups so the new york giants had already wrapped up the sixth seed in the playoffs they had nothing to play for other than pride uh and you know real credit to the giants they played a spirited game their backups looked really really good and came in fired up uh and and wanted to beat those eagles so you know real credit to the giants for making it the game that it was and you know the i think the eagles probably had it in their heads they'd be able to take their starters up by halftime it did not play out that game but uh, that way and and jalen was needed right to the end so he was doing the kneels down right at the end uh it required us uh recovering an onside kick by reed blankenship So, you know, um, that was the kind of game it was. And I think the glass half empty view of this is, geez, that's not a great way to enter the playoffs, barely beating the backups of the New York Giants. And, you know, now I've seen all the comments about Jalen Hurts' health. I think the view is the Eagles knew they had to win and had to do what they had to do to win. But they were a lot more, um, they were a lot more kind of hesitant to go for it on third and fourth down as an example. They uh, they played a much more kind of standard NFL game, if you will. They took their points where they could, and they just didn't want to open up Jalen to unnecessary punishment, which was sensible. So definitely not our brand of football that we're used to seeing, but uh, at the end of the day, a win is a win is a win now um around the nfc now we have all the seating for the playoffs nailed down so the number one seed is the philadelphia eagles we get the lone bye week of the nfc playoff teams the number two seed is the san francisco 49ers who i strongly feel is easily the biggest threat to the eagles in the postseason number three is the minnesota vikings who will be taking on the six seed new york giants Next up is the number 4 seed. Uh, and by the way, the San Francisco 49ers are taking on the number 7 seed, which is the Seattle Seahawks. So the number 3 seed, the Minnesota Vikings takes on the number 6 seed, the New York Giants, and then the number 4 seed, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on the Dallas Cowboys in Tampa Bay. Interestingly enough, the Dallas Cowboys um had a really kind of weird uncharacteristic loss to the Redskins or sorry, the Commanders last last game of the season. They lost 26 to 6 i believe and uh you know just you know a strange and a bit of a puzzling performance for the cowboys but you know i still know they're a very strong team so i'm sure they'll put this loss behind them but they do have a tall order of going into tampa bay irregardless of what the buccaneers record is i believe it's eight and nine and you'd argue jesus won't be competitive, but Tom Brady's looked really good recently. So the, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, uh, has really turned it up in recent weeks. And so I'm sure Dallas fans and Melbourne Mike would count himself amongst us. are probably not super keen to be going to Tampa to play um, Tom Brady in the first round of the playoffs. So we will see how that shakes out and uh, the Eagles get to sit back and relax and get people healthy. And, um, you know, talking about health, we did get some players back today. So we had Chauncey Gardner Johnson back on the field, which was nice to see we had Robert Quinn back on from the defensive end position. Didn't make a huge impact oh, had a couple of good plays. One where he snuffed out a interesting kind of throwback to the quarterback, which he read all the way. Um, but, uh, other than that, you know, it was, um, not a game with a huge amount of highlights you know uh, aj brown got a few yards Devonte smith got a few yards i might add Devonte smith broke the record for the most receptions in a season by a wide receiver for the philadelphia eagles which is uh, a nice um, notch in his belt certainly the most receptions in a season was Zach, Zach Ertz, our tight end, uh, one of the stars of the Super Bowl in the 2017 season. But for a wide receiver, the most receptions ever in a season was this year with Devontae Smith. So two really nice um, marks for Devontae and A.J. Brown, just reiterating what a dangerous combination they make uh, as a receiving core and a far cry from Jalen Rager and Devontae Smith last year. Now, I think we'd be remiss in not talking through kind of Jonathan Gannon's game plan again. It was quite soft and just let Davis Mills, the quarterback, sit back and get come. Not Davis Mills, um, Davis Webb. I may have even made that that up. That may not be his name. Let me just quickly make sure I am not completely making things up here. Nevertheless, one way or another, Jonathan Gannon was quite willing to sit back and allow. You know the uh, giants backup quarterback um to look reasonably comfortable and actually i thought he made some nice plays so you do have to wonder um davis webb that's the name um if jonathan's sort of uh going back into his really soft zone kind of mindset that we saw a lot of last year. The first eight games of this season, we we saw a little bit more of an aggressive version of Jonathan Gannon's defense, but that seems to have regressed recently, along with the play of uh, his corners. So again, not a great game for Darius Slay, which is certainly concerning because we're gonna see some great receivers in the playoffs and we really need his A game. So if we see the Vikings, we'd be playing against Justin Jefferson. If we see the Niners, we're playing Debo Samuel. If we see um, the Buccaneers, that's Mike Evans. If we see the cowboys cd lamb so you know um there's a few names seahawks dk metcalf i mean there's some really top receivers in the national football conference that we're going to have to contend with so really need uh, darius to find his a game that he had in the first eight games because we just have not seen it in quite a long time now um as far as lane johnson goes obviously uh it's going to be crucial to get him back in some format um you know i i, I think the reality is You know, it's just not the same without him. What percentage will we get of him? Is it 80%, 60%? I'm not really sure. But um, yeah, it's, you know, it's certainly noticeable when he's not out there and the offense just doesn't look as in sync. And, you know, because I think Lane Johnson is able to single block pretty much every defensive end that he goes up against and the offense doesn't, you know, can't function that way without him. So... Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what flavor of Lane Johnson we get come the playoffs in a couple weeks when we do play our first playoff game. So just for the newer fans out there, how this is going to work next week is the wild card round where all those teams I've just mentioned in those matchups will happen. Three NFC games, three AFC games. The Eagles will play the following week. They will play the lowest seed that still remains in the national football conference. So if the Seahawks beat the Niners, which would be amazing, we'd be playing the Seahawks. If the Giants beat the Vikings, which is more probable, we'd see the Giants. If the Cowboys beat the Buccaneers, we see the Cowboys. That's assuming the other teams below them have lost. So that's kind of how this works. So, um, you know, but if all the favorites win, which would be the, you know, the two seed, the three seed and the four seed, then we'd be playing the Buccaneers in Philadelphia. So we'll see how that shakes out. But, hey, looking back on a really successful season, I mean, 14 wins is a pretty amazing mark for the Eagles. Jalen Hurts won 14-1, and which is pretty remarkable to think um, how far he's come. And if you go back to the beginning of the season, um, before the season started and I was making prognostications, I said, this could be a Super Bowl team, but we need Jalen Hurts to play like a top 15 quarterback. And I think you could make a strong argument. He's played more like a top five quarterback, which is uh, beyond expectations. And, you know, if he can get back to his pre-injury self, You know, I I think the sky's the limit for this team. And just a little reminder for the history of the last Super Bowl of the Eagles in 2017. We actually finished the regular season really poorly. And there were even calls for backup Nick Foles to be benched for the third stringer, Nate Sudfeld. um, Because Nick had not looked good. And, you know, there was real fears going into the playoffs that he he wasn't the guy and even against the Falcons in the first playoff game we played, we, he didn't look great at all in the first half. And really for most of that game, the Eagles almost lost in the last play of that game. And then the next game, Nick Foles just went on a tear and was the best player on the field and was incredible against the Vikings and then incredible against the uh, Patriots in the Super Bowl. So you just really never know how these things shake out. Um, Teams get hot at weird times. Players get hot at weird times. So we just hope that Jalen can bring his a game um, in January when it counts the most. So, um, everybody it uh again let's all enjoy the break and get to watch some good wild card football next weekend the kansas city chiefs by the way are the number one seed in the afc followed by the buffalo bills cincinnati bengals and four other teams so the i mean certainly i'd say bills and chiefs are the um And Bengals. They're they're all three very good teams. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see who who comes out of that. Because last year, nobody saw the Bengals coming out on top uh, and making it to the Super Bowl. But they did. So, we'll just... uh, And they played the Rams and they lost. So... You know, it just goes to show how quickly things can change. The Rams this year didn't even make the playoffs. So, uh, you know, that's just the nature of the beast in the National Football League. And I think that's what makes it great is the fact that teams can go um, from good to bad, bad to good very quickly. And and one shout out to Doug Peterson, uh, ex-head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. He took on the, the reins of the Jacksonville Jaguars this year, who were the worst team in the league last year uh, and earned the number one pick in the draft. And Doug got them to win their division and making the playoffs, which is a remarkable turnaround and I think you'd like uh, to think that Doug is one of the front runners um, for coach of the year as a result of that effort, uh, along with Nick Sirianni and some other coaches. So we'll see um, how the voting works. But uh, again, you have to feel really proud of what Doug Peterson's accomplished. And worth noting again that one of those really critical wins that he had was against the Cowboys, which was really important for the Eagles because had the Cowboys won that game, um, that loss in Dallas would have been probably the turning point and would have allowed Dallas to win the NFC East and probably the NFC. So um, can't underscore what it meant for Doug's team to upset the Cowboys the way they did. So um, everybody, as I say, let's enjoy the break. Our NFC NFC uh, NFC East champion, Philadelphia Eagles, um, can get a rest, and we'll be back at it in a couple of weeks, and we'll see who we're playing. And uh, really looking forward to you know the next few weeks everybody um and if you're marking things off in your calendar it'll be monday the 13th of february the super bowl here which is sunday the 12th of february in north america for those fans so mark it off um that's the super bowl so uh, i actually signed it off um from a work standpoint t- today to take the day off my dad's going to be here which is really cool oh and one last funny little story so everybody knows um australian andrew Ozzie andrew who has um you know, who has been a, uh, a guest on the show a couple times. Well, Ozzie Andrew today was wearing his Jordan Milata jersey um, out and about having some lunch, and a, a lady walked up to him and introduced herself, said, hey, nice Eagles jersey. And as it turns out, this lady was from Philadelphia. And, um... So Andrew was kind of shocked and uh, he told her about this podcast. So uh, to the un- unnamed Philadelphian who introduced yourself to Andrew, very cool. Welcome to the podcast. It's very neat to have a Philadelphian living in Australia, listening to this and uh, hope we can get you on as a regular listener. And um, yeah, very cool indeed. So uh, yeah, this just goes to show what happens when you wear your Jordan Malata jersey. out. Great things can happen, everybody. So you go and invest. All right, folks, um, that is it for me tonight. I use a different microphone. So we're going to see how the recording quality sounds. Hopefully it is good and um, talk to you all in a couple of weeks. Go birds and congratulations to the 14 and three Philadelphia Eagles. Take care, everybody. Talk to you.